Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Mum and Mama podcast, brought to you as always by the wonderful Golding Accountancy, wearegolding.com. God, I've just walked up the stairs. <laughs> And I'm really out of breath. Oh my goodness. I've already done a gym class this morning. How are you? I am good. It's, uh, well, if you're listening to this when it comes out, it's first day back at school tomorrow. The weather has turned. It is the end of the summer. And I feel like, I feel like the summer's lasted a really long time, which has been wonderful. But equally, I'm a bit like... I can't believe it's over. Which is always the way, isn't it, really? It always goes really quick, but then it always feels like you've done loads. But anyway, whatever. How are you? Um, This is the second part of my chat with the lovely Pogman. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, then I would recommend it. Um, The first part, he talks all about how he got to become a DJ and his career. But this next part focuses more on his relationship with drugs and alcohol um what led him to become sober and also the death of his mum when he was 22 um it's so trigger warning we do talk about um suicide and drugs and alcohol and you know um it's I love Chris he's such well if you've listened to the first episode you know he just he's such a good storyteller and he speaks so well and honestly and openly about everything that he's been through and it isn't it obviously we talk about sad things but it's not it's not a heavy chat it's a well I love talking to Chris he's brilliant so I do hope you enjoy it and if you want to talk about anything that we discuss, then please get in touch with either of us. Um, but yeah, I'll see you in a bit. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 
Work. How did you find DJing when you get up so early? Oh, mate, like... <laughs> like if you weren't playing till three, four o'clock in the morning, did you just not, then not sleep? Well, I used to be like a fucking party animal. Like I used to... So I'd actually stopped taking drugs when I was like... Before I even started DJing or producing or anything, I'd stopped taking drugs by then. Okay. Um, Why did you stop? I had a really, really bad night on ecstasy. Like, oh, really? Yeah, like a bad one. To the point where I was like... <laughs> So basically, I was this dickhead. I'll explain. So we got into a... <laughs> we, this is when we was really into house music, so I'm probably 17, 18. Just on the crossover of when I was really getting into dubstep and stuff. But... Um, so I used to take a lot of ecstasy because it was just like the drug of choice when I was sort of, you know, yeah. out DJ, uh, out, sorry, uh, partying and stuff. And obviously, because I was into house music, it was sort of like readily available everywhere. But I'd always be that idiot because we, we used to frequent this one nightclub in Wolverhampton called C4. We used to play really good music because like it was when sort of like Fidget House and sort of like all that sort of stuff was really popular. So <laughs> there was one guy in there. I mean, his, his nickname was three for a tenner because you could basically get three pills off him for a tenner. So <laughs> it's like got to the point where as soon as I'd walk in the club, right, where the fuck's three for a tenner? I need to go and get my first. Uh... But I was always that idiot where like my mate had come up to me. And they still, we still laugh about it to this day because none of us really like do any of that shit anymore. But he's like, they'd be like, oh, Chris, have you like, have you had one yet? I'd be like, I took all of them. And they'd be like, we've been in here like 20 minutes. I'm like, yeah, fuck you. So I used to get into like fucking states and um, like triple dropping and fucking shit. Like an idiot, like a fucking idiot, basically. Yeah. And um, Smurfs were the big ones when I was taking drugs, which are like the big fucking... So it was after the sort of Mitsubishi era. Smurfs were the big yeah. one. But the one night, I couldn't tell you when it was or what the year was or anything, but I took nine and a half pills like in one night, like a fucking idiot. Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, oh, my God. I know. <laughs> my mate always tells me the story of it. Like, I, I think I, I took three. And I got another three and I took like maybe one and then the, I took them over a little bit of time. And then I took another three. Now, I took another one, I think, or two or whatever. And my mate says he'll never forget because my mate was sat at the back of the club. There was like a little chilling area where basically when you was off your tits, you'd just go and fucking yeah. like mong out for a little bit. And um, he says he'll never forget. I'd just come running. I'd literally like come running through the crowd like fucking mouse. It's like parting the fucking. <laughs> We've just like three pills just in my hand. Like if the bouncers could have blind. And I was just like, I've got some more pills, lads. And I was like, Chris, like what the fuck? Like are you out? like if you don't think you've took too many, and obviously I took them as well. So at this point, I've took like no. I think I split oh, one with my mate. God. And I'll never forget. I was obviously like high as a fucking kite. We got we got back to the apartment. We used to live on the third floor of like these um, like new builds back then. We had like a balcony and stuff. And the rule was always um, the second we get back, no matter how it was drilled into our mind, which was good, lock the balcony door, chuck the balcony key behind the TV. Yeah. Because basically everybody's fucked. Nobody's allowed on the fucking balcony. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Somehow that was our one. <laughs> that was our one good thing that we'd remember to do. Yeah. And I'll never forget. Like we were having like we were having a really good night, but I was I couldn't even speak. Like I was at the point where like I was trying to get words out, but I just couldn't. Oh my god! Oh my god! And oh everybody god. was really quiet. There's just certain weird things I remember about the night. Like we had three paintings on the walls, and all the lines went one way, and our one mate had turned the middle one, so the lines went the other way. And like I was just fucking like hyper fixated on that, and it was really <laughs> fucking with me bad. Yeah. <laughs> They're like everyone's quiet because there's, there's like this is like a two bed apartment. There's probably like fifteen of us in this apartment because it was just this is all we did every weekend. Like, yeah. So we're all there basically just fucked. And I'll never forget my cousin. He's the he was the one who took a lot of pills with me that night. Just out of nowhere, I was like, I've got a Yamaha keyboard at my dad's house, and I was like. <laughs> Like, so everybody's then in just like hysterics because it's like I don't know why it was so funny but it just fucking was so then everything's back everything's good like I forgot about the painting like he really sort of helped me get out of it 
And then it got to the point where everyone's quiet again. I'll never forget my cousin, same lad, was just like, man, it's really cold, isn't it? And then my life just, like, crumbled. Like, it's as if my life just, like, caved in. I mean, I was like, yeah, it is fucking cold, isn't it? And then, like, just started to feel really fucking weird. Oh. And, um, and then it, but it just got worse and worse. Like, I remember my cousin, because <laughs> basically we was the two who took all, like, all the fucking drugs in the world that night. Everybody <laughs> else had had a few, but, like, weren't that bad. Yeah. And my cousin started to have, like, a bit of a panic attack. He's like... I need, yeah. I need to go to the hospital. I need to go to the hospital. And somehow I was like still a little bit like not normal, but you know, try, yeah. calming him down. You're going to be all right, Dad. You're going to be all right. Like, don't worry about it. Like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Like, switch 10 minutes later. I'm having like a fucking panic attack asking him to take me to the fucking hospital. <laughs> it, it was just, it must have been, if I, if I could be a fly on the wall, mate, and relive it, like, yeah. it must have been the most fucking mental night ever. And um, in the end, like, Three of us got in bed. My my one mate Ryan got on the one side of me. My my other cousin Dave, not the lad who was having the fucking panic attack, got on the other side of me, and they basically like wedged me in. It's like Chris, just try and get to sleep. Like you're fine. You're... Yeah. And I finally nodded off, and I was like, oh amazing. And then like ten minutes later, my cousin's fucking pushing me because it's his bed we're in because it was me and my cousin who shared the flats. My my bedroom was the other bedroom. He's like, Chris, you need to get the fuck out of my bed. I'm like, why? He's like, you're fucking soaking. Like, I'd sweat that. I was literally like I'd been in the fucking shower. He's like, get the fuck yeah. out of my bed, Chris. I'm like, oh, fuck you, Dave. Like, I'd finally got to sleep. I thought everything yeah. was all right. Oh. So I finally got in my room. My cousin, my other cousin, Joan, the one who took all the pills with me, is in my bed. <laughs> so I just get next to him. He's a big lad, my cousin is. So I've just like snuggled next to him like, man, I help him all right. I help him all right. And, um... I remember waking up the day after. I went I went for a piss in the middle of the night, I'll never forget. And I was looking in the mirror and I was just like, man, you fucked yourself, Chris. You know them stories where people take too many drugs, it like fucks them for life. And I was like, yeah, I, I was convinced yeah. I'd done that. Yeah. And um I remember waking up the day after and I was just dead to the world. And then like proper like I wouldn't say I was suicidal to the point where like I was gonna do something, but you know, to, to the point yeah. where like my serotonin was through the fucking floor, like Yeah. And then I remember I had to go back to work on the Monday. So I was still a carpenter at this point. And I went to work and, like, I couldn't function. Like, I was proper just on edge. Every The world just felt different. And, like, yeah. I said to my dad, I was like, Dad, I'm going home, man. I feel like shit. This is around the era my dad used to say to all of us. His famous saying was, the drugs don't work, kids. Even though I always used to say to him, like, Dad, we ain't on drugs. What are you on about? I told him years later. <laughs> Remember that time you thought we was on drugs, Dad? He's like, yeah, it's like we was. He's like, yeah. I know. He's like, I ain't fucking stupid. <laughs> but um, so that was the Friday, no, the Saturday night I took all the pills. And then up and like Tuesday felt the same. Wednesday felt the same. Like I was convinced. I was like, this is my life now. I've ruined my fucking life. Yeah. I woke up Thursday morning and it's as if like I was just on planet Earth again. And I was like, fuck, phew, like such a breath. And I, and I promised myself never, ever again. And, I, and I've never touched yeah. them ever since. Yeah. Like, I was convinced. I think you probably took your share. Yeah, yeah. Took enough anyway. to last me a fucking lifetime, mate. <laughs> yeah. Just that one night. Wow. Yeah, bad night, mate. But like before that, like, I was I was fine. It was just that night. Like, I'm, I'm glad it happened because, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and, I've, and I've always said this, I'm glad I took... The, not the amount of drugs I did, but I'm glad I did because nowadays and throughout my DJ career, there'd always be points where someone would be like, oh, do you want some of this? I'd be like, nah, I know exactly what it's going to do yeah. to me. I know exactly how I'm going to feel. I'd just rather not. Yeah. Because I went yeah. went through a stage where like ketamine was like our drug of choice. We'd have fucking loved it. And then like, because we'd basically, we'd go out, do a lot of pills, come home. We'd either take a lot of Valium or take a lot of Ket to sort of bring us back down. And like, yeah. But yeah, like, but I'm kind of glad I stopped taking drugs when I did because that's when pills started to really get cut with like, fuck knows what, man. And Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like the thought yeah. of even taking one pill nowadays like scares the shit out of me. Like I just wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, I don't even smoke fucking weed. I stopped smoking weed before I stopped taking pills. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because it used to just fuck me up. I just get too paranoid and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I would, yeah. I'm an idiot. I did the logic. <laughs> I did this backwards logical thing of... Right, I can't smoke weed anymore because it makes me too paranoid. It fucks me up. Oh, I'll just take fucking pills and coke and speed yeah. and fucking cat instead, like a fucking idiot. But we were just we were just animals to the point where like 
I can look back now and laugh, but we were fucking stupid, man. Like, because the classic live for the weekend thing, all we cared about was just getting paid yeah. on a Friday and getting fucked up. I'll never, yeah. never forget the one night we had no money. We don't have a fucking penny. Like, there's about seven of us. We had, like, literally probably about 50 quid between, like, the seven of us. So we can't have a night out. So yeah. we decided to go bowling. But we had a shitload of coke and a shitload of speed left over from just, like... So we just mixed it all together, like fucking idiots, and just went bowling, but just took a lot and... Oh. I, I remember coming home, all of us had a pair of bowling shoes. We'd nick the fucking shoes. <laughs> I had a fucking bowling ball. I'd nicked a fucking bowling ball somehow. <laughs> and then somehow we'd convinced ourselves to go into town and we were going to go to this one nightclub because it's free entry because we had got fucking two pence between us. <laughs> and um, I was like, well, I can't take this bowling ball in this nightclub. <laughs> so I've ended up hiding it in the bin behind Neto. Because we had to walk past Neto to get to this club. And the morning after, we were like, let's go get that bowling ball. So like, we've gone back and the bowling ball's gone. But there was a VCR player in the bin. So we took that instead. Honestly, honestly mate, some stupid shit. And I'll never forget, we was really excited because he had a VHS already in there. He was like, oh, this could be fucking anything. And it was literally just like a taping of like London's burning from like a Sunday night. <laughs> so we basically just spent the Sunday fucking on the come down, just watching this fucking London's burning episode. <laughs> fucking idiots, mate. Honestly. And that's literally like, I could, we could do a whole podcast of just stories of that fucking era, yeah. but like it was, but yeah, those are the reasons I stopped. Like it was just fucking too much. But So why did you stop drinking? I stopped drinking. I, I tried a few times over the years, to be fair, like, and I've never really spoke about the first time that much, but, and I won't mention any names because everything's cool now, but I was on tour basically a lot. I was on tour in America and um, I was in full party mode still because I was still in the I was still in the headspace of like, I'm a kid from Wolverhampton who's touring the world and getting paid to do it. Like I was just high on fucking life, man. Like I was so, yeah. so proud of myself and never to the point where I was like egotistical about it, but I was like really proud that I was like, you know, I've fucking done something like that's that's really cool and I've always been proud of like being from Wolverhampton like you know I fly the flag of Wolverhampton all the time and I always will because it's a shithole but it's my shithole you know what I mean so like which, yeah. is, which is what a lot of British people are like that I think like yeah they understand where they're from is not great but like it's like fuck it it made me the person I am so yeah but anyway so I'm uh yeah I'm on tour and I'll, I'll never forget I went I was staying with a friend and um fucking amazing person and this is why i won't mention any names but always fucking looked out for me always was just the best person to me like him his girlfriend everybody involved was just amazing they'd always let me stay at their house when i was like on tour if i ever had downtime and i remember i'd flown out to a show and i was flying back on the sunday morning to then stay with them again for the week and i'd get back I'd obviously got fucked up on the Saturday night. I get back to where I was staying the night, the day after. And they're like, oh, well, it's Sunday. Like, we're just going to have a sesh all day. Like, we're just going to get on the fucking booze and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, cool. So I'll go to, like, the supermarket in America and I'll get, like, the fucking biggest bottle of fucking rum I can find because rum used to be, like, my thing. Like, a big bottle, whether it was, like, Captain Morgan or Sailor Jerry or whatever. Anyway, we start drinking, start drinking, start drinking, getting fucked up. And then they're like, oh, so-and-so says we should go over to their house. Like, yeah, cool, let's go over. So we go over, carry on getting fucked up, carry on getting fucked up. And um, I think, and I don't, I can never put my finger on this because I can never really remember. I think I, t I took some drugs. I think I did. But I can never 100% say I did. Yeah. But I remember we got back to the house on the night and we're all fucked up. And something just happened that has never happened in my life. Like, I just switched. And I've become the biggest cunt in the world. And it was scary. Like, I've never been like that in my life. And um, literally had my friend, like, round the throat up the fucking wall. Like, yeah, like... Oh, my God. And I mean, like, you know me. I'm, I'm like a really sort of, let's just have fun. Let's have a good time. Like, yeah, yeah. And I don't know what it was. And, like... 
It's one of the biggest regrets in my whole life. And like, yeah, I know it happened. He knows it happened. A, f- a few other people who were there knows it happened. And I never speak about it publicly because, like, I'm so ashamed of it. I'm literally yeah. so ashamed of it. And it got to the point where he had to ring another friend of ours and be like, you need to fucking come and get Chris. Like, he's fucking, like, being a dick. I'd have had to lock myself in my bedroom. He's, like, basically on a fucking rampage. Oh, my God. I know, mate. I know. And um, my other friend comes and gets me. Basically, the friend who I was being a dick to, I'm pretty sure, like, was on that close or did ring the police because I was being... Yeah. So, and I don't fucking blame him at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, And, um, like... I wake up the day after and I message him like, oh, why the fuck did you, why the fuck were you going to ring the police on me and this? And he's like, dude, you know what the fuck you were being like? And like, honestly, I was a, I was a piece of shit to the point where like, in all the things I've done in my life, that's one of my biggest regrets and one of the things I'm yeah. most ashamed about. And like, it took a few years for us to get back to being okay. But like, yeah, honestly, it was fucking mental and I regret it so much. And like, I love the dude so much and I love his fucking, his girlfriend and everybody surrounding. And like, that's why I get so ashamed about it as well because of how much I fucking love the dude. And obviously he knows who he is. So if you are watching this, you know, I fucking love you, dude. And I'm so glad that that we're better now. And, but yeah, so after that, I was like, fuck, like something needs to stop now. I was like, I don't know what it was that happened or why it happened, but something needs to fucking stop. Because I'd always been Mr. Happy-Go-Lucky drunk, like, let's have a good time, make sure everybody's cool. And something that night just changed. And um, so I went sober for the rest of the tour, which was quite tricky because I had to play, like, a few festivals and stuff. And, like, I'd seen people I've not seen for years and everyone's like, oh, let's party. And I'm like, no, basically, like, nah, I'm I'm done. And then um, I went quite a while without having a drink, probably about two and a half years. And then I slowly just got back into it, um, but I had it. I had it under control, like because even when that happened the first time, I don't think I ever had a drinking issue. I think it was just that night something just happened. Yeah. And I don't know what it was that triggered it. Later on in life, I did a bit of therapy and that, which I'll tell you about in a sec. Which I think sort of, I think I know why I was like that. But um, I slowly got back into drinking again, and then. I was I had it really under control. I wouldn't drink when I DJ'd. I'd literally like I'd only drink when I was back home with like friends and stuff like that. And um then funnily enough, Rampage Open Air, which was the one we just went to. Um yeah. the first one, which was three just over three years back now, uh I got super fucked up and I remember being in my hotel room afterwards i'd had a little chat with um do you know albay he's on yes yeah yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 so i was chatting to bar and stuff and like fucking lovely dude love him and i was in a bit of a weird headspace where i'm like man i don't know whether i could do this anymore like i can't keep up with the kids of nowadays like they're too talented well not too talented but they're so talented and i'm just kind of just old news I was, I was fucking basically just feeling sorry for myself like an idiot but i was really really drunk and I remember getting back to my hotel. And, like, I've had a few suicidal thoughts, like, throughout my life, which I think everybody, not everybody, but I think most people can yeah. sort of, never to the point where I was going to do something, but, you know, just that thought. Yeah. But this time, for some reason, it was so at the forefront of my mind, like it had never been before, like, to the point where it's all I could think about. I couldn't think about anything else couldn't sleep i knew i had to get up in a couple of hours to like fly back to england and i was just like fucking hating it like wow what the fuck is up with me like and i was like okay fuck this so i'll get back to england anyway and i had to get i had to go to a gig that night um wasn't a gig of mine it was a friend of mine playing uh he's in a death metal band and his band were playing in wolves so i was like right i'm gonna go so i'll go i had a few shandies to sort of take the edge off because i haven't been to sleep or anything so i was like i was feeling it and um, I I ended up just being a normal and then it got to the Monday morning and I was like, yeah, man, you know, I'm done drinking. I was like, I'm fucking done. I was like, after yeah. like, after that night and Saturday, like, I'm fucking done. Gets to the Tuesday. 
and just something went in my head again and I literally just got absolutely fucked up with like a bottle of whiskey on my own, which I was like, what the fuck? Like I've never done that in my life. Like, and I wake up in the morning to like 15 missed calls off my brother. Like, where the fuck are you? Like, what the fuck's going on? I was like, you know, what do you mean? It was like, I had a phone call off Zach at like fucking six o'clock this morning, Chris. Zach's my manager um, from Australia. Been my manager since like 2015. Um, it was like, Zach said you rang him this morning at like three o'clock in the morning, like literally crying, like begging him to fly you out to Australia. So you're saying you've had enough, saying like, fuck, you don't want to be in England anymore. You don't want to be anywhere anymore. And I was like, I don't remember any of this at all. So I basically like, was like, fuck. Like, and my brother's just like, just am you okay and i'm like well yeah like i'm pretty sure i'm okay like but i don't remember any of that but at the same time i must not be okay if yeah these yeah. last like four days of events have happened something's definitely not okay and then one positive that day was i totally forgot obviously being lost in all the bullshit that was happening i totally forgot that my friend daryl um amazing amazing talented producer from leicester known in many, many, many years, uh, does fucking stupidly amazing things in the world of music. Um, he was coming to see me. We'd had it organised for weeks. So he rings me. He's like, I am on the train. And I was like, oh, fuck, yeah. Like, I am, like, the most hungover person on earth. Still trying to sort of gather, like, what the fuck happened last night. Anyway, he turned up. I kind of told him what had happened. We went for some food and stuff. And, like, mine and Daryl's friendship's really just, like, it never gets too deep. We're always just taking the piss out of each other, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, like, I really fucking needed him that day because he really helped my mind just, like, be busy. And then the following... So the day after the Thursday, my brother came to my house. He's like, we need to talk, Chris. I'm like, yeah, we do. We literally sat in this room right here. <laughs> and was like... My brother just said... I ain't going to say anything to you. He's like, I'm just going to listen. He was like, just tell me what the fuck's wrong with you. And I just poured my whole fucking life out to him. And then he, he basically like, God fucking bless my brother, man. He's just, you know, he's like one of my closest, closest, closest people in my life. And he just said to me, just give me a few little fucking things to sort of do. And one of the one of the good things he sent me, and I'd, and I'd, and I'd give this advice to anybody now, is basically said because what i was what i was struggling with at the time was i was struggling with the guilt of splitting up with my initial first girlfriend because we were engaged everything was going well and we basically split up and then right after we split up was when my music career really took off like i would already i was already doing good i was i had my name yeah. i was touring the world but when we split up was when it really like rocketed to the point where i was playing like all the big festivals in the world. I got signed to the biggest agency in America. Like, shit was, like, doing really fucking well. And I always had this really horrible guilt of, like, you know, I promised that we were going to be together forever. But, you know, just the things that happen when you're in a relationship. So I was dealing with that. I was also dealing with... Now, I'll try, I won't touch on this too much, but my mum was an alcoholic and my mum committed suicide when I was, like, 22 years old. And I don't think I'd ever, ever dealt with it. I think me, me and you have touched on it the once I remember, like when we were at Rampage, I was telling you a little bit about yeah. it. But like, I don't think I'd ever, ever really dealt with it. And um, so basically after that, I said to my brother, like, yeah, I'm done with drinking. And like, yeah, so the bit of advice he gave me, and um, which I says I would give, like, I would literally give this to anybody. And I have told people about this. He said, right, he was like, list all the things in your life that are like, fucking with you and that you think are like the reasons like you know like the shit things in your life basically yeah and he was like then you've got to split them into two sections he was like things you can just fuck off and like yeah. you know things that are easily just you can cut out he says then you can have another list which is going to be things that you can never cut out but you've just got to learn to live with and sort of like they're always going to be there so for instance yeah. The, like what happened to my mom like that's always going to be there I can never change I can never just cut that out and it can go away and it really made me just sort of explore into those areas of like certain stuff you can just if you've got like a bullshit friend or a negative person in your life you can literally just cut like you 
Yeah. It's hard and now it is, but you can just cut that fucking person out. Yeah. You can. Yeah. But yeah. but then there's other stuff like, you know, for instance, in my situation, the shit that happened with my mom and stuff, like that that yeah. you can never escape. But you have to just learn to like live with it basically and come to terms yeah. with like it has happened. I've accepted it. Now I, I move forward. Because for years when I was touring, I always thought I was doing my mum proud, which yeah. I which I was in my head, and I still do. Yeah, but like, yeah. but like at the same time, I'd never sat and actually just dealt with what had happened. Because like a story, I ne- I rarely tell this story, but fuck, it's a podcast, so everybody will now know whoever listens to it. But like, two of the most traumatizing times in my life was so my mum eventually took an overdose. Um, and she tried it many times over the years, but two times I found her, and I had to do like I had to resuscitate her basically, which oh was like, my God. yeah. So that those two times were probably the most traumatizing times in like my whole life. You know, being on loudspeaker to like nine nine nine, having to like basically do that. So yeah, and those were some of the things that I think were just like here at the back of my mind, like my whole life, yeah. and then like. Were you when you had to do that? Probably like late teens. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. It was was rough, mate. Like I look back on it now, and it was fucking rough. But like, I also think it sort of moulded me and built me into the man I am today as well, though. Like. Yeah. Because like, look, I've been a prick over the years. I've done stupid things, but I've never intentionally hurt anyone, and I wouldn't. I'm. I like to think because of what I went through, and to be fair. I would never talk shit. My mom, when she'd had a drink, was a prick. You know, she was a fucking arsehole. But when she hadn't yeah. had a drink, she was the fucking light of the world in terms of what she'd do for people. And and that was my mom's biggest issue. She wanted to help and wanted to fucking change shit so much that anything would turn her to drink to escape it. Yeah. She was. Yeah. She could cry at a fucking advert in seconds. And, like, she was just such yeah. an emotional wreck, basically. And... And I think, but there's a lot of stuff from my that I've got from my mom that like is a, is a positive thing. Like I do like to help people. I'm a I'm a very very sort of empathetic and sympathetic person, but I'm also a real like a realist. So like some things, and that's I think when I went sober, a big thing I had to accept of like sometimes stuff is just shit, and like yeah. a lot of parts of life are just shit. But like yeah, it's how you handle it and how you fucking sort of approach it that's gonna get you to that next step and like so yeah i think now i look back at the way i acted in certain scenarios in my life and i think it's because i'd never dealt with those situations and like yeah i never intentionally felt like fuck you my life's been worse than yours but i imagine in my times of being when i had those meltdowns and stuff that was probably something that was triggering me yeah like yeah. You don't know what I've fucking been through. But, like, the issue with yeah. saying you don't know what I've been through is they don't know what you've been through unless you fucking tell them. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That's, like, a massive yeah. issue with, like, that sentence and a lot of people. And and I also, I did a little bit of therapy. And to be honest, the first thing in therapy, like, changed me as well. Like, the woman just said this. Like, I, I don't know whether you've experienced this, but I think a lot of people have. Like, when you're going through it and, like, things are shit, even though you know in your head you're not the worst off person in the world, in your head you are the fucking worst. You know, why me? Why is everything so shit? Yeah. Like, everybody else has got it so much better. But, like, I'll never forget the woman on the phone said, I explained every all the stuff I was feeling and how I felt and blah, blah, blah. And she basically said, so just to let you know, like, how you feel and what you're going through, like, 99% of the population have felt that or are going through that or will go through what you're feeling and man it was like a fucking light switch in my head like it just it just changed my outlook on everything of like oh fuck like yeah like people everybody's going through shit and it it really taught me to realize that my bullshit and somebody else's bullshit is so different but it's it's how people handle it and and what matters most to people but the the way i always sort of explain this to people is like i could drop my phone today and it would and crack the screen and that could be like oh fuck's sake you know i've cracked my fucking phone screen yeah 
someone walking next to me in the street could drop the phone and crack the screen and that could literally be the breaking point for them that could literally yeah. be yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing that pushes them over the edge like something to yeah. me that's sort of not that crazy to somebody else can literally be the thing that makes their yeah. world crumble and like yeah took me a long time to sort of figure that out but like this is why i never now sort of tell anybody to like you know the classic oh man up or like oh you know forget about it because it's just it's not that yeah. simple and like yeah took me years to get out of that fucking headspace of because of being a lad growing up when i did everybody got told the same thing oh stop being a little fucking girl and, that, and like you can't be like that anymore like and yeah so you know but yeah so that was my uh story of fucking sobriety basically and like yeah it was a, and the, the worst thing is, is when i speak it out loud i realize like fuck it was rough like like in because now i'm at the stage i'm at i'm like oh no you know it was it was it was tough but whatever like i'm fine but i look back and i'm like oh shit like and that's why i'm proud to be at the point i'm at now because i'm like I look back at all the like little barriers and shit I had to get through, and it was it was tough, man. At times, like going through like GCSEs while mom was doing what she was doing, and shit it was just like fucking rough as shit. And how old were you when she started? She all, did she always drink? Nah, it was like it was an overnight job, and that was another reason it was so fucking weird because like basically she was super super. I think my mom always had like demons and like shit that happened. Yeah, I don't know, but I think some shit happened when she was a kid. And like she never opened okay. up, she never opened up to me about it or anything. But I'm pretty sure. And um, yeah. But like, uh, basically, her, da- her dad, my granddad, fucking amazing bloke he was. Like, well, anyway, when I, when I knew him as granddad, he was always amazing. You know, I don't know what he was like when he was younger or whatever. But he always he was fucking yeah. He loved me and my brother. And um, he lived directly over the road from us. So, like, in my early years, like, if my mum and dad were ever going out on a night out, like, granddad would look after us. And um, so my mum was super close to him because he literally lived, like, he'd have to just cross, yeah. the, cross the road in his house. His, uh, his flat that he lived in was just there. And he passed away. And I can never remember when, but I think I was probably about eight. I think I was probably about eight, maybe. But from the day my granddad passed away, just something switched in my mom and she just couldn't handle life anymore. And like drink was basically just her escape. And okay. Like, and that was it. But like I look back at like, because then she was just the drunk lady around the area and stuff as well. And like then I never I never realised how much like that took a towel on me. Like, yeah. like kids would see her at the shop pissed up, like buying more booze and then and it's like, oh yeah, I saw your mum yesterday, she was pissed. And, like, and I'm like, I know, mate, I have to fucking deal with it every fucking day. Oh. But like, uh, it just was what it was. And I've always just been a big believer of like, what's in the past is in the past, whether it's shit or whether it's great. You've just, yeah. got, you've just got to move forward, man, because you can dwell and dwell and dwell and it'll just ruin your life. As long as, as soon yeah, as you let yeah. something like that completely just consume you, it's just, it's game over, basically, I think. And that's basically what happened to my mom. She could never get over the fact that my granddad had, was gone. Yeah. And it just consumed her completely. So then yeah. f- from the age of about eight until, I think I was 22 when she passed away. So it's been, t- yeah, because it's been 12 years this year. So. so it was like 14 years, basically, of just like the same old bullshit. The point where like... My phone, yeah. my phone would ring and it says, Mom, and I don't want to answer it. Or my phone would ring and it's like my aunt or something. And I know exactly what the phone call is going to be. Oh, Mom's in the hospital again. She had, she's had oh. a fall or this has happened or she's took overdose yeah. again. And it's just like, oh. Which is weird because the flip side of when she passed away was... And some people don't know how to like take this, what I'm about to say, but like it was such a weight off my shoulders, as stupid as that yeah. sounds. Like no, it doesn't sound stupid because that's I could compl- I completely understand yeah. as horrible as it is, it must have been a relief because it it sounds like she was just on a path exactly. Do you know what I mean? And unfortunately, you can't you can't, you can't yeah. stop people because it's their path, isn't it? Unless mm-hmm. they want to stop, yeah, you can't. And I, yeah, and no, I understand. And like it was just it was a weird one because. Also, what what happened to mom sort of really made me understand suicide a lot better because like I was I was yeah. I was always like, oh suicide's the coward's way out, and then like 
I saw what my mom, I saw the level and the sort of point my mom got to, and it sounds really bad and stupid to say, but she had nothing left. Like, we could, her closest family, we couldn't change it. We tried for fucking 10 plus years to change it. We tried every possible avenue, and she just wasn't happy. And all I ever tell yeah. myself, and, you know, I'm not really a religious person. I'm not really, you know, I don't believe much of that sort of side of things. But I do believe she's just in a better place now. There's no more suffering yeah, for her. Because yeah, ev- every yeah. day was a struggle for her. Oh, and every yeah. day was like, yeah. so I was just, at that point, I'm just like, you know, it's better off. She must have just felt so tortured because obviously she was fully aware of how much she was hurting everyone yeah exactly but not being able to stop even though she was doing all that you know it, it i it, i can un- i understand yeah. i understand i mean it's awful isn't it but it some people just if you're that tortured if existing is that awful then it's understandable that you don't want to do that anymore exactly you know it's and even though it's awful and you won't wish that on anyone yeah it i i i, I can understand and like, I've had people ask me in the past, like, oh, do you think, are you not pissed off at her? Do you think that she didn't love you and stuff? Because people shouldn't do that if they've got kids. And I'm just like, I never get into it with people because everyone's got their own sort of opinions on things. And I try to respect people's opinions on any subject, really. But like, yeah. But at the same time, it's a bit like, fuck you, man. Like, you, you don't know. Like, I don't, I don't, again, I hate the saying of like, you don't know what I went through, but like, you don't know. And like, no. It's like, because I remember a lot of people, because me and my brother like grieved really weirdly because we'd set ourselves up for it. I'd expected that yeah. day to come yeah, for yeah. years. So like yeah. when it finally happened, I was like, I was just so prepared for it that like, I remember people being like, oh, are you not upset? I'm like, well, of course I'm upset, but it's just, it, it's as if I'd already grieved for years before. And then, like, obviously, years later, I realised I hadn't quite grieved properly. And, like, yeah. that's when, like, therapy kind of helped me a little bit and stuff. But, like, yeah, like, at the time, it was kind of just, like, it, yeah, it was just a bit, like, well, I'll never forget. My dad rang me. I had the day off work because I was working at Morrison's at the time. And I had a phone call off my dad. And, again, I don't really believe in anything like this, but, like, something just said when I saw my dad's phone call something's happened yeah yeah and he said to me i'll never forget he said chris how you doing son i was like yeah i'm sound it was like a day off work he's like you at home i was like yeah he's like you're sitting down and i just said it's happened hasn't it and he and he he said yeah and i was like okay i was like you know like i couldn't really my big thing is is i can't change it so why should i be so not weird about it or but like I, I just can't change it so why yeah 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 why dwell on it so much when i could use that sort of energy and stuff to to just move forward and yeah because yeah. i've got amazing memories of my mom like i really have from when i was a kid it was it was a struggle i literally i had this conversation with somebody the other day like one of the biggest struggles i had in recent years was from the day she passed away up until about three years ago Every time she was in my dream, like if, when I'm asleep at night, she was drunk. Like I had no memory of her being sober, which was like fucking horrible. Like, yeah, it was yeah. such a struggle to like get to the point of like, oh, because then my dreams are just me reliving situations which I hated yeah. from like my teen years of like, oh, fucking hell, mum's drunk again, or oh, fucking hell, I've got a phone call and this has happened. But like now it's good because sometimes I'll. Like more more often than not now, when I dream about her, she's sober, and it's like the good memories from when I was a kid. Yeah, because she wasn't. And I think again, this is man. I could talk about this for fucking hours, but for years as well, I had really bad sort of issues with um, like being let down. Yeah, and that that was another thing I had to deal with because she wasn't just constantly just like drinking for like those fourteen years. She'd have like two three months at a time where. She was like sober and sort of back on a good, doing well for herself. And, um, but it would just always loop back round, always loop back round. Something would happen and trigger it. And then she'd have three bad months and then she'd have two good months. And then something would have three, four bad months. And yeah. So, like, it got to the point in my life where something as little as 
I'm meeting somebody for a drink on the weekend and then they cancel on me the day before. Like, it would be like the worst thing ever to me because yeah. it was just reliving that sort of being let down by somebody. Yeah, yeah. So that was something I had to really sort of learn to sort of cope with better and and deal with better because obviously I don't know what's happening. Like, they're cancelling for their own complete yeah. reason. Like, I can't hold yeah, that. Yeah. I can't hold that against them. But, like, yeah, that was a big one for me, being able to sort of handle being let down and like easier because for years I fucking I was like a really angry person about it like what the fuck oh you can't even make fucking five minutes to fucking you know and like in reality it's not like that at all but yeah but yeah I think that stems from basically like oh hang on mom has been sober for like two months oh shit things are going really well bang fucking next thing you know something's happened something's fucking because she was like any alcoholic as well. Like the second she'd even had a sniff of fucking alcohol, you could tell. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know whether you've ever yeah. had any experience with any like alcoholics, but like the second they've had a drop, just something in their demeanor changes and you're just like, yeah. And then your demeanor changes because you're like, well, now I'm just pissed off. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. Even though it's my mom and I love her to death and I'm trying to be nice at the same time, I'm like, mom, I know you're fucking drunk and I just can't put up with your bullshit. Like, yeah. Well, so that's one of the reasons I'm a little bit fucked up. <laughs> yeah. But you surprisingly really aren't, are you? Which is you know, like the lot... fact that you can talk so yeah, openly yeah. about and you've worked through so much. The one thing that all it... What happened to you, I just think, as soon as that happened, there should have been systems in place to kind of, even though not everyone wants to have therapy or mm. they're resistant to it or whatever, I just feel like they should have been like, okay, so this has happened to you, so now this is what we offer and we really recommend that you do go through yeah. this now or in a couple of months or what, you know, it just, it baffles me that so many people don't have therapy yeah. or don't put it off for so long, whereas for me it should be, you've been through this awful stuff, of course you need yeah. help. Because it's just a, it's just an ongoing trauma. It's just a different type of trauma to any like other types. But like, my university were really good. They had me talk to a woman, like a little bit about it, because it happened when I was at uni, like when she passed away, and um. So yeah, it was a little bit of a weird one, but like they spoke to me, but like I wasn't ready to talk then. So like, because yeah. obviously I'm a big believer that like you know therapy or anything that, that along them lines, you need to be ready yourself. Oh, yeah, like you, need to, you need to be open to it. Because else you're just going to go in there yeah. like a closed book and you're not going to reap any, yes. any of the yeah. benefits of it. So, but, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a tricky one. But, you know, in recent years, I've been a lot better. I've been sober. Uh, my girlfriend's sober. She's been sober longer than me, which is great. So it's like we're the, yeah. we're the boring couple, which is really cool. Like we just go out on like hikes and shit and like you do, do all the boring stuff but like that's the point of my life i'm at where like i much prefer doing that and like but don't you don't doesn't the idea to you now of thinking just you're just living for the weekend you're just living for getting out of your nut every saturday and then feeling like shit for yeah. till wednesday and then just looking forward to doing it again don't you think that that's boring yeah like now i'm now, 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 now yeah it's yeah. like I look back and I'm like, man, the amount of money I wasted and the amount of time I wasted. And like, I could be fucking like a billionaire in my head now if I'd have actually yeah. fucking done something with it. Because like, when it, yeah. com when it comes to like being, you know, I don't, like academically, I did really well. I was like a straight fucking A kid at school and, you know, I did well. I got my degree. I got like fucking first and like. What did you do? What, uh, creative music. So, oh, at uni? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, wow. music technology, and then I start. Yeah. I started my masters as well, but I never got through to because tour, my touring schedule took over. Yeah. So I had to drop out. But like, I've always been really just. The problem is, is when I was at school, and I'm not saying this in any way in like an egotistical way, but I was a really clever kid. Like I knew my shit, and like I could do that. But I was a fucking smart ass, basically. Like. I reckon if I'd have applied myself more, I could have fuck knows what I could have done. You know what I mean? Because it got to the point where school wasn't easy to me, but it wasn't challenging me at all. And like, I don't know where I got it from because fucking hell, like, weren't like my mom and dad were like geniuses or anything. But my, my brother's the same. My brother's like a really intelligent. My brother's fucking super intelligent, and he's done really well for himself. My brother has, but like. 
I don't know what it is. Like stuff always just came quite like natural to me when it comes to like if I apply myself to it. But like, but then there's other stuff that I'm just absolutely dog shit at. Like so, like it's just one of those things. You know what I mean? Like we can't be good at everything. Exactly. But then in life in general, I've always like I'm one of these people who just knows a little bit about like a shit ton of stuff. So like I can always have a conversation yeah. with someone. Like I'm a big believer of it's better to know a little about a lot than a lot about a little. Yes. Like yeah, massively. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's always that conversation. There's always that icebreaker if you know just a little bit about sort of loads of bullshit. Yeah. Like and like. So I think that comes with like being a creative person as well. I think that's sort of like one of them types of things. And Yeah. Yeah, so, and, and as you can see from this podcast, I can fucking talk for hours, mate, about anything. Like, I could, we could do another three hours of this easy and, like... Hello. Mate, honestly. But I love that. Yeah, I've just... I love... Just a really outgoing person, and I always have been. I'm quite a confident person, quite, like... Yeah. I always want the people around me to be having a good time, which to, was to my own detriment growing up, because I was the kid who was drunk, who'd always do the stupid shit to make people laugh. Yeah. So a lot of broken bones and shit over the years from doing shit like that, basically. Oh, I watched the new Jackass last night. Yeah, I was... He- well, Have you seen it? Yeah. Fucking... Yeah. I'll always be a Jackass fan because yeah. it was the perfect era for me. When Jackass came out, I was yeah. like I was like 11 years old. So it was like, yeah. where's the fucking trolleys? Where's the- We was obviously just yeah. doing that shit. I was into skating and all that. So, but fuck me, mate. Like, over the years, as I said, the stories I could tell you. I've not lived like... A crazy life in terms of like, oh my God, but like some of the shit and just stupidity, but like memories that I'll never, the amount of times I've like cried from laughing, I could thousands of times, do you know what I mean? Like, and I'll just feel so fucking privileged to have even, like I've always had a lot of friends. I've always like been lucky to have a big friendship group. Some of us have been friends well, most of us have been friends 20 plus years. Some of us 30 plus yeah. years. Some I'm still friends with lads who I went to like nursery with and stuff. And, oh, wow. Yeah. And so, so we've, the memories we've got are just fucking insane. We, we all live together. You should it? write a book. I genuinely, genuinely thought about this, you know. You really should. You really should. Like I really have. Because the thing is, is you remember, I don't remember anything. Really? And it's quite, because I just think, mate, is it because I took a lot of drugs when I was younger? Yeah. I mean, I have, I think it's more genetics, I hope. And obviously you took a lot of drugs and you still remember everything. So The worst thing I is, is I remember a lot that... of my times on drugs, which is crazy. They're the bits that you usually forget. Oh, yeah. I, I, black. I think when did I, when I started drinking Pims and Hooch, do you remember Hooch? Yeah, of course. <laughs> you mean, you mean Hooch, so... Hooch the first time? Hooch the first time. They're re- they're re- time? Re- they're re- it's, it's out again now, mate. Is it? Yeah, I'll go down that fucking road times. Oh, no. no. Oh, well, I don't know. But yeah, we used to drink Pims and Hooch. So I used to take pills and drink Pims and Hooch. And I think that's the point that I started blacking out. And then I don't remember anything yeah. when I when I went out and partied. Mm. I, I always blacked out then. It's mad. something in my brain switched off, I think. It's mad, in it, to think back and think the amount of times I did exactly that. Like, the shit that could have happened to us. Like, yeah. you just wake up in the morning in bed and you think, oh, well, that was another night I survived. Like, the amount yeah. of times that would fucking happen. Like, and like, yeah. we're so lucky that. But again, I imagine you were like me, where you were surrounded by good people who'd make sure you fucking like. Well, so, yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And I never, I, I'm i a light, I'm a massive lightweight. So I used to take half a pill. Yeah. And then much later on in the night, I might have. The yeah, other half, yeah. but it was very rarely. Like that's all I ever yeah. needed. So I never got. I was always aware of what was going on at the time. It's just the next day I just didn't remember what happened. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? I was. Um, um, I'd have, I, I've had a few big blackouts over the years. I've, I've had a few nights where I've been a serious liability. Never to the point where I've been like a dickhead, other than obviously that time that we spoke about. But like. Yeah. But like I'd be at be at the point where someone's gonna like get me home because I'm being my issue is is like so a lot of the trouble we got in over the years in terms of fighting and stuff in like when we were uptown was always because like we were having what we thought was a lot of fun and some people always took it weirdly. Like I would never like yeah. I'd never put it on somebody. Like, I mean, I don't like fighting. If I ever had to fight, I would, and there's been many times when that's had happened, but 
But like I was, uh, we'd always just be having a laugh, and we'd be the people who, like, if some big man tried to give it the big, I'd be like, "Oh, your shoes and shit," or something, you know, just like just a proper school group fucking playground. Yeah, like, yeah. And then we'd all be laughing because we're fucking dickheads. But then next thing you know, the blokes fucking chinned me, and, like, and then there's like yeah. World War Threes happening, and like, and like I think back to like the amount of times that I could have just fucking not said something. But I was just, as I said, I was always a smart ass, and I was always a fucking trying to be funny and. I'll never forget some of the shit that's happened, like just saying stupid things to people where I'm like, they don't think that's funny at all. Chris, no wonder they've fucking gone for yeah. you. <laughs> Telling somebody that their hair's shit or their shirt, oh, your shirt's from like the fucking 70s or something. Like just some, just like a dickhead comment where there's just no need. But he said something, so I'm like, fuck you, you know, I ain't going to just yeah. back down. And yeah, but honestly, mate. I might write a book, you know. Could be a fucking. I really think you should. <laughs> I really, you can just do it. I'd like just talk it into your yeah. phone, and then you and know, then write it up. Because we a lot, uh, the, obviously my group of mates were still all really close, and like we've always said, like man, because we had a house share. Um, well, it wasn't a house share. There was four lads, so two like there's three brothers. And then another lad. We don't see the other lad that much anymore, but still really good mates. When he's around, still fucking love him to death, do anything for him. But the three brothers, they're still I'm still really close with. The one lad I went to nursery with, still friends with. The middle brother's actually my closest friend. Like, we got really close later on in life. And um, they basically had a house. So the lad who's not one of the brothers, the fourth lad, his mum bought a house and basically just let the lads live in it, like, after school. So, like, there was... Brett and Tunneru was like 16 at the time, just left school. Phil was like 18 and Wayne was 19. But that fucking house, mate, it's literally like where I live now, it's like two seconds walk from here. And um, it was just mayhem for like three years, like fucking mayhem to the point where like I did graphic design at college when I first left school. That didn't fucking happen because I just never went because I was just around that house constantly. Got to the point where my mum and dad, like, if I was gone from my house for, like, two weeks, they just didn't care because they just knew exactly where I was because I only grew up around the corner from here as well. So I'd literally pop back home sometimes, get changed clothes, straight back to the house. Every weekend was just an absolute party. The house was just a shit show. It was, like, fucking squat. Like, it weren't, like, dirty. It would get to points where it fucking was, but then we'd all have to chip in and, like, fucking... But it was just... We could literally write a book purely just from the three years at that house because it was insane and like we all had like a little bit of money because we would all had like our first jobs and that and it was just fucking crazy like the shit that happened at that house mate like i said we could do a fucking four hour podcast on literally just what that's gonna there. say you should do a podcast i've, I've considered get it together and do it the problem is is a lot of the stories it's like i don't know whether they'd be great for the outside world knowing <laughs> <laughs> Not off the back of us doing stuff that was, like, offensive or anything, but, like, just the shit we used to get up to, man. Like, and I, I was in my years of where I was Mr. Fucking let's have a drink and make everybody laugh. So the shit I would do, and it was just madness. We had a video camera. My dad bought a video camera, so that was round there, and we ended up making a horror film. I'll send you the link to it. Oh, yes. <laughs> Please do. Oh, it's only about four minutes long, and it's so fucking stupid, but we just had such a good time making it. And um, But one thing we've always said, which I'm quite happy about, there's part of me that is happy about it, part of me that, like, thinks, oh, maybe. But, like, there was no, there's no sort, not much documented from that time in terms of, like, camera phones and stuff. Yeah. And, like, the one thing I really like about it is that we've all got the same memories, but in our heads, the memory's always going to be that little bit different. But, like, yeah. we all remember what happened. But, like, at the same time, it would be kind of nice to maybe just maybe just have some, like, pictures from there rather than, like, videos and stuff. Because, like, I like in my head that, like, some of the stories are probably so exaggerated in my head, but, like, I like, <laughs> I like that that's the memory I've got. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I went through a whole summer of basically just like being naked, like all the fucking time at that house, <laughs> all the time. There was just something about Chris just have his clothes off like instantly. I have no idea why, and it was just mad. Every weekend we'd just buy the cheapest booze we could just to get like as fucked up as we could, and so many injuries. I broke both my arms there. Fucking. Oh my yeah. god. And then the. All right, so one more little story, then I'll fucking leave you to it. But, like, 
I'll never forget Saturday night we were really, really drunk for a change, you know. And um <laughs> <laughs> and we'd all drew on each other like tattoos on each other's this was before I had any tattoos or anything, but we've got like Wolverhampton and like fucking blood, like all over us <laughs> in like marker and everything. And then we're we're in the garden and Tuna, one of our really close one of the three brothers, um fucking hard as nails, proper hard, proper fucking, you know. And I've been like, come on, Tunnel, let's fucking rest. Like, I'll fucking have you, like, pissing about. And I've literally lunged for him like that, and in a second, he's just snapped my arm. Arms just broke completely. Like, not he's not done it intentionally, but just like, oh, he's grabbed me and twisted. So I'm on the floor, like, I've broke my fucking arm. And, like, and Tunnel, Tunnel's like, yeah, like, I heard it crack, Chris, like, he's broke. And then my Phil... The other brother is like, nah, man, you're fine. So he's, I'm lying on the floor. He's literally pouring, like, navy rum in my mouth. Just drink through it, Chris, you'll be fine. So like a fucking dickhead, I didn't get to the hospital, just carried on drinking. And by the middle of the night, like, I'm like, yeah, man, it's fine. Because I'm just so drunk. And then, like, I wake up in the morning and my, uh, I woke up on one of the lads' bedroom floors and, like, the pain in my, and my arm was, like, the size of, like, a fucking leg. Like, it was so slow. I was like, oh, yeah, I broke my fucking arm. I want to take it to the... Like, it was all sort of coming back to me. Oh, my God. So then I rang my dad. I'm like, Dad, will you take me to the hospital, please? Like, I think... I, I, well, I, I don't think... I'm like, I'm pretty sure I broke my arm. He's like, yeah, where am you? He's like, well, obviously, I'm 14 Essington, the house is called. Cause 14 Essington <laughs> way. <laughs> I was like, I'm at 14 Essington. He's like, all right, I'll be there in a sec. He comes and picks me up. I've got shorts and a T-shirt on because it's like the middle of summer. Sat in A&E totally fucking forgetting that I've just got fucking shit drawn fucking <laughs> literally written all over me like and they're just like they must have just looked at me like you're a fucking idiot like I remember getting back to the house I did my arm in a cast and in a sling and they're just like oh so you did break your arm Chris I'm like yeah I was like I knew I fucking did I was like but I should I should have gone to the hospital last night but honestly mate fucking idiots <laughs> Write the book. Do the podcast. I know, mate. I know. I'll, I'll promise it. I'll get round to it. I will. Because it needs to be done. Add it it really list. does. It really does. I'll, uh, I might just start just recording some of these stories and then... Yeah, you should. And to be fair, because the lads... retire. I know. The thing is, the lads as well, <laughs> the lads have got more stories. Because the good thing is, is like when we're all together, because we still get together as often as we can, uh, Mouse Wednesday nights, to be fair, which is really cool. And... Um, so, like the odd time someone else be like oh do you remember this? and they'd be like oh fuck yeah like there's so many times that that just happens where like a couple of us have forgot something but somebody else has remembered it and then obviously like the stories of just stories upon stories of shit that happened but you should just start recording it when you get together on mm. Wednesday just have the, a couple of mics set up definitely and just record the whole night oh mate we'd get cancelled in fucking seconds <laughs> <laughs> Edit it. Yeah. It'd be like three seconds long, then though. Do you remember that type? Yeah. yeah. See you later. That'd be it. <laughs> oh god. Oh, thank you so much. I know, mate. Sorry that I've just I've just fucking talked it's been for lovely. ages. No, that's know. exactly what I wanted you to do. Once you get me going, mate, like that's it. We can just keep going. And we've had a right little it's been a right fucking roller coaster of ups and yeah. of what we've spoken about. Yeah. But yeah, that's Those basically always the best ones. Yeah, that was basically my life in a fucking nutshell, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll never change. Well, thank you. Ever. Any time, Ames. Any time. And if you ever need anything else, just let me know, mate. We could literally do another one down the line, like easily. Yeah. Just like we will. Don't worry. You could just say, right, Chris, tell me about this section of your life, and I'll yeah. just tell you about <laughs> the different eras of fucking Chris. Um, oh, mate, thank you're you. an absolute legend. So that was the lovely Chris, bless him. But yeah, like I said, if you want to talk to either of us about anything that we discuss, then please get in touch. I've posted links to um, Chris's social so you can follow him. He's hilarious and he's lovely. So I recommend that you do. If this is your first time listening to my podcast, hi, thank you for listening. I have loads of other chats with loads of other wonderful people. So please check out my back catalogue. If music is your thing. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Then Funk Case was on a little while ago. I've had Roscoe on. I'm getting a few more DJs on actually because that's kind of my background. So I do know a few. Um, But yeah, I've had loads of comedians on. I've had loads of wonderful people on with wonderful stories. So make sure you check it out. And yeah, I hope you're good. Stay safe, stay sane. If you're back to school tomorrow, I hope you, well, not you, but your kids, or you, maybe you're back to school tomorrow. Good luck. My Lola's starting secondary school. I'm going to have a child in secondary school. She's uh, <laughs> She's got a mullet at the moment. And uh, we've got a blazer, which is obviously three sizes too big. And she just looks like she should be in Miami Vice. It's brilliant. Um, But yeah take care i'll see you next week big love to you all thank you for listening and please subscribe and share the podcast sharing's caring all right bye